With regards to the mission, hopefully if you ask any high jiu-jitsu student, they'll tell you that our mission at high jiu-jitsu is we help everyday people build quality of life with greasy jiu-jitsu. And that's in my mind all the time. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of MartialArtsMedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. Good day, Georgia, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast, episode number 104. So today I've got an old friend with me, someone I haven't spoken to in a while, we got chatting again on Facebook and uh, thought we'd catch up talk a bit about jiu-jitsu business and things past the whole pandemic. So I'm with John Smalios. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Your school's name, it's Higher Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yep, that's the one. I've always wanted to ask you, where did you get the name Higher Jiu-Jitsu? What was the thinking behind it? It's pretty cool, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, basically, I had a... I had a nutrition coaching and personal training venture that I was into at the beginning and that was the name of that was higher health because I was always interested in getting better and improving on health in many different ways and there's always ways to improve in that realm and then I was running um the BJJ commune I think that might have been a time when maybe when you came into to higher potentially I think it was still the commune at that time and the commune was that because it was an open mat pretty much and you know everyone was more than welcome to come there's no affiliation at the time and then things developed and changed and then i was faced with a little bit of a um, a spot where it's very hard running two businesses at the same time and i was kind of doing a similar thing because i was looking at helping people whether it was through nutrition or movement or in this case jiu-jitsu so i thought you know what it's time to amalgamate the two and make it one and high jiu-jitsu was born and I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. And I just love the idea now that you could always, it's endless refinement and you can always do better on the jiu-jitsu mats and off the jiu-jitsu mats, of course. Um, but high jiu-jitsu it is. There we go. So actually just reminded me now of the first conversation we had because you worked with us way back, uh, our version one of our academy program, which is a coaching program for school owners with marketing and emails and contents and so forth. I recall being on a call with you and you had this divided attention of how you're going to make this thing a thing because you had the the health, the health, but the business working, the jujitsu. But when I stopped by in Sydney at your location and uh, you had me join in for, for the open mat session there, I recall that that was already refined and you were already on your way with this whole amalgamated venture as you say mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, it was actually really tough at, at, at the time because i'm just so passionate about all of those realms it was hard to make 
not so much. I, I think I put more pressure on myself than I had to at the time. And I wanted everything to just be seamless and perfect in a way. Things aren't always perfect, but um, I guess changes had to be made. And it was within me. I'm sure I wasn't, I'm sure you weren't the only person I was chatting to that about. Um, it was just a constant dilemma in my head. Like, how can I make this work better? Because I wanted to represent um, one particular movement, one particular philosophy. And I didn't like being split through the middle. At least that was in my, my own perception. Maybe other people didn't take it like that or see it like that. But in my case, I wanted to just represent, I wanted to have one sole purpose. That's how it, it worked out. And it was much better off because now all my heart and soul is going into the one avenue and I can improve all different aspects of that one particular direction, which is awesome. And so now we do like I have a um, like a, a health program within my jiu-jitsu school. I don't do too much personal training with regards to movement coaching anymore. But in saying that, when I'm doing Pete like privates with my students, I'm definitely teaching them how to move and I'm definitely teaching them how to build awareness throughout their body and throughout, you know, their own movements. So in a way, you know, the, st the first dream still lives on. It's just, in a, it's a different brand, I guess. Maybe because I did, I, I was, I did marketing at uni. So I, I was studying branding. I was studying um, all different aspects of marketing. So I, perhaps in my head that kind of made it a little bit more, I guess it was a bit more choosy and just wanted it to be on point. But now I feel good. Now I feel like high jiu-jitsu is my, one and only professional kind of endeavor and you know day in and out i'm looking at improving on it and all aspects of it so it's worked that well yeah perfect i think sometimes as entrepreneurs we can so get stuck in the in how this vehicle has got to run you know and and so now you divide it because and i think we should give a bit more context on uh, we sort of just jumped in on the story that we know together but uh, mm -hmm. i think we should just probably give some more context for you on what this was on how you were going on the health side and how you were going on the jujitsu side. But uh, as I was referencing, I, th I think you get so stuck in the vehicle that you forget actually the higher outcome that you're trying to serve. And so removing yourself from the vehicle, which is health and which is jujitsu and thinking, all right, well, what is it that I actually want people to get? Like, what is that outcome? And then something that I've been really working on is how do I incorporate that in my actual mission statement? Like in my, and not a mission statement of the, Hey, here's the thing that you put in the wall or shove under the desk and, and never look at, but just something that is congruent with the outcome that you want to serve within your business. And that, you know, for you personally, but also an outcome, obviously, that you want for, in your case, your students or your clients as such. Okay. So in that case, I, I thought about this long and hard and whether I was working with my client with regards to movement or if they came up to me and said, John, I want to lose weight. I need a nutrition program. Or if they said, John, I want to learn jiu-jitsu. My goal, and it is the same thing to this day, is to help the client, the student, build quality of life. And quality of life for me is something more than health. It's on the mats. It's off the mats. It's um, you know, your physical being. It's your mental being. It's your emotional side. It's, it's everything in one. Um, and it's your ability to flourish in life. And I was thinking... Even though there's different avenues and different roads that I, I, was, I thought I was on, it was all within the one highway, I guess, within the one direction of building quality of life. So with regards to the mission, I, hopefully if you ask any high jiu-jitsu student, they'll tell you. 
that our mission at Higher Jiu-Jitsu is we help everyday people build quality of life with greasy Jiu-Jitsu. And that's in my mind all the time. So it means that, again, like the purpose is quality of life. So, and the who, who do I serve? I serve the everyday person. And the everyday person is of different age groups and different professions and might have different interests, but is not um, an, like an athlete, you know, who's looking to be a world beater. That's not necessarily our, um, it's not the student that I think will flourish at higher jiu-jitsu. I think it's the everyday person that's going to really, really thrive at our school. And we do that. How do we do that? We do that with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And of course, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is can encompass anything and everything. So, you know, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is your diet. It is your health. It is your movement in Jiu-Jitsu. It is um, self-defense. It is, you know, all of these aspects. So that's the mission statement right there. We help everyday people build quality of life with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I like that. I was not aware that we were going to have this type of conversation. It's really cool. And I like it because it's something that I'm spending a lot of time with. Now, I'm not going to reveal my mission statement just yet on this call because it is it is a work in progress. Now, I know for me, you said you were struggling to get this refined. I know for me that sort of the refining that takes, takes a lot of work. But uh, in doing that, it brings a lot of clarity because there's a lot of things that you just eliminate. And yep. I guess I'd, I'd put that to you. How does that change the way you go about attracting students or talking to people? Because now... I guess you're more aligned, right? You, you're more in center of, well, this is what I'm trying to achieve and this is who it's for. So how do you find that adapts your message? And I'm curious to know because it's very important to you because, as you mentioned, all your students should actually know what, what the mission statement is as well. That's my job though. So, you know, in all of our communications, you know, in all in the things that I do and say, you know, publicly and, you know, just every day in the gym, ought to reflect that if I'm going to be true to it. And I think I've found a nice, a nice touch, just a touching point there because, um, okay, so how does it affect my communication when I'm talking to people, you know, on a YouTube video or on a call with a potential student who wants to be a part of the school for that? And I'm not afraid anymore to acknowledge that our school is not for everybody. Um, and there's some people who are much prefer going to a highly competitive school and there are a lot of highly competitive schools around the area that third that that just love and live and breathe um, competition all the time and look we have students that compete I competed a, like a whole bunch as much as I could earlier on in my jiu-jitsu journey and so I'm not uh, like against competition um, in the slightest but it's nice that we have a lens with which we can discern between student a and student B the student who wants the, the, the hard, super tough training, and then the student who's more than happy to be, you know, a little bit more patient, and the student, more than anything, I think, to the student who's looking to enjoy the art. The art is a bit different because we're not really, when I'm not overly interested in practicing the sport of jiu-jitsu. So rarely, very, very rarely, unless there's a comp coming up or something, will I talk about the points. You know, I'm talking about positions. I'm talking about um, safety. Um, whilst we're training jiu-jitsu, I'm talking about your ability to, um, to to manage distance, to prevent strikes, let's say, even though that's not, you know, in the sporting realm. All of that is reflected in in my communications online. So, um, and I think that's hopefully, you know, it's what people get. I talk a lot about, you know, movement and how the body works with regards to techniques and um, talking about how to gain leverage because when you 
you're looking for leverage in jiu-jitsu and you're doing that through your own body and through the ground and through your opponent. So definitely there's a lot of things that I can focus on more than others and it makes my life so much better. And it makes, I think, everybody's lives better and easier, I guess, because if you don't like kind of the, the, the tone of what we do and say, then just, you know, tune out. It's fine. And then I've found that a lot of people, you can't please everybody, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure you'd maybe you'd know that. You know, over the years when I first started the school, I wanted to please everybody. And I don't think I, that, that has I the effect of no not, one. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> it was like a school yeah. for like, you didn't know if we're here or there. Whereas, you know, over the years, I've kind of really, um, I wouldn't say I've been stubborn about it at all. I still try to be open-minded for sure. But, you know, if we have some students, some students will come in and I'll say, hey, man, like maybe this isn't the spot for you. Maybe go to the school up the road and try them out as well and, you know, find a school that's most important for you. So, yeah, definitely it helps. Knowing who you are, I'd say, knowing your values as a school and as a person can most definitely help you attract the the people that are going to get the most utility out of what you're offering i like that it comes down to a a couple of things right uh i I think maturity just maturing in your business and getting in tune with what what is the type of business that you want like what is the type of business that you want to build now i mean if you are the guy that wants to build multiple schools and take a step back and not be you know that involved maybe you take a bit of a a different approach. But if you want to stay close to the business, close to the purpose, close to the mission, and be really in tune with what your customers want and build a business that you actually love and not despise. I think that's a big thing because it's very easy to get caught up in this like fake want of growth and want this moving thing. But it's very easy in business to build this thing that you despise as well. You know, you build this business that you look at and like oh what have i built i've built a monster that i that i don't want and that's when you're going to have this mirror you know mirror talk with the mirror and reflect and think all right well we don't want to take this thing what is it that i want to want to build anything to add on that john before we move on most definitely i do because i think it's just really important so when i got into jiu-jitsu george it was love at first sight (laughs) like um I was watching the UFC and then, you know, went and did a class of jiu-jitsu and I'd always wanted an athletic endeavor. I just hadn't found it yet. I wasn't good at soccer. I never got picked into the rep teams, unfortunately, at the time. You know, I tried boxing and my parents didn't want me to do that. I tried to do rugby league. My parents didn't let me do that. And then, you know, I was like 18 and I found jiu-jitsu and I was like, wow, this is something that I can really hone in on and I can really like take it and enjoy it and like do something with it. And so, you know, I started off at um, SPMA, as it was known in the day, as um, Anthony Perosh and Elvis Sinizic School. And that was like a beautiful experience right there. And they did things a certain way. And then as a white belt, I flew off to Brazil to, you know, to get stuck into it, um, into the Mecca of Jiu-Jitsu, what I thought was the Mecca at the time. Um, and I got to go to many different schools. I was traveling and I was using Jiu-Jitsu as the vehicle to travel, really, so... I'd go all the way up to the north of Brazil, to the south of Brazil, and all along the way, I'd just stop at different schools and train and learn, and that was awesome. We went to America, and I went to East Coast, West Coast, training and learning all there, and Europe, I spent some time in like Greece and Italy, training there as well, and I think that experience really helped me just see how schools run and to see and see um, what I liked about what, what aspects of schools I liked and what I didn't really like. 
And, you know, I think Elvis and Anthony's school at the time, they were very successful because, you know, they're great businessmen and they built that school up to something that was, that was a, that was a monster academy. I think they had definitely over five, 600 students, I think at the time, um, within two venues. And I guess being a student there, you could see the nature of that, how it reflects in life. And, um, I guess, you know, the, all the challenges that they faced and, at the time, I think I was a little bit critical, but I'm not critical anymore at all because I understand it because now I'm a school owner myself. So I understand the, the dilemmas that we face. And so with high jiu-jitsu, I'm just happy that I've managed to incorporate all the things that I love about a school. So, you know, as a super passionate, enthusiastic white and blue and purple belt, I came in and I, I've managed to create the school. There's still a few things that we can improve on. But right now, I'm feel very, very satisfied that we have a school that has all the beautiful things that I love about a jiu-jitsu school. Most definitely the culture. You know, there's you go to different schools and within minutes, you can feel the vibes. You know, you can sense yeah. the, the, the moods of students and teachers and um, in the jiu-jitsu. And I love coming into high jiu-jitsu. And many students, like, tell me that as well. I had a student come in last week that was like, man, your school's like, it's an electric vibe. And um, that makes me really happy. And that's something that I really need to really want to focus on. You know, post-class, when we're shaking hands after class, or now we give fist bumps due to, you know, um, nature of the times right now. But, you know, with every fist bump, I'll call out my student's name. And I know I know every student's name at high jiu-jitsu. And I hardly forget them, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> you know, but um, that's important because... When you like, you know, back there's be a lot of teachers that don't know their students because they've got so many students that they, you know, it just becomes impossible really to, you know, to, to remember names, for example. But I make sure that I know every student's name and every other student knows each other's names. And we've got a very, very nice tight knit community. So I think just the fact that the, the experience of seeing different schools and, you know, seeing um, the likes and dislikes um, has helped me create something that I thoroughly adore right now that's high jiu-jitsu so you know anyone can come in everyone can feel it for themselves and just you know some people might not like it so be it you know and the people that like the school, our school tend to absolutely love our school you seem very attentive to you know the feel the culture and i was actually going to ask you how do you feel the mission statement plays a big role in the actual culture but then you also mentioned that you know everybody else's everyone's by their first name and you call their names as you address them. I think we all do some form of a handshake and a fist bump, but it's attention to detail is, is what I'm hearing. But what else do you feel contributes to a great culture in your school? There's a lot um, to do with that, a lot of aspects of that. Here's one really big one, having everybody on the same page going in the same direction. In 2016, we affiliated with Pedro Sauer Association. And prior to that, we didn't really, oh, I, I had a syllabus, but... I'd made that up myself and it was, there was a few holes in there and we weren't super um, certain about, you know, implementing it with every class. Whereas now we have a syllabus and it means that every student is on the same path of learning. And of course, students can go to different seminars and students jump on YouTube and BJJ Fanatics and try these different, you know, DVDs and different techniques, of course, and it's not a problem. But the over, like the, it's like the, the syllabus is the thing that guides everybody in that in that same direction so when you come into class 
everyone, like the higher belts would help the lower belts because the higher belts know the techniques that we're practicing. They get to help them. And I think the learning, the knowledge has to go like from the top down as in I'm coming to class and I'm teaching and I'm sharing, you know, the, the, the technique of the day and the, and the details that work for me and, you know, that are required for the technique to be on point. But then you got the, you know, the, the higher belts um, take over and, you know, we'll, we'll call out the, the newbie, the, the beginners, say, hey, you know, come with me for this class, I'll help you out. And then, you know, the newbie, they feel like they're um, well looked after. They feel like they're welcome. They don't feel like a burden to, to the rest of the class because they don't know anything. And before you know it, they, they're a good part of the school too. And um, with that being said, the higher belts, they also get to learn and they also get to learn by, you know, by teaching. So I think the fact that everybody's on the same page really, really helps. Whereas previously we had, you know, as you know, the, the jiu-jitsu commune. And that was, I was actually promoting the fact that we don't have an affiliation. And everybody, like there will be people, students coming in from different schools, different systems, different trains of thought, different philosophies. And it wouldn't create a cohesive kind of uh, group. Everyone had their own ideas. And it was a little bit just like, this is what I do, okay, this is what I do, this is what I do. And there was nothing, you couldn't go deeper. I think, you know, the syllabus is just such a such a big help. You know, there's a lot of other things that we do at High Jiu-Jitsu too. So when a member comes in and signs up, I tell them, like, you're not just paying for Jiu-Jitsu, like, tuition. You're paying to be part of a community. So, you know, once a month, we'll go out. On the first Friday of every month, we have the hangout. And that's just when we go out for dinner and drinks. And I remember... When I was like a white and blue belt, and if somebody asked me if we managed to go, you know, to to have some dinner after training, it felt great. It was awesome. You get to hang hang out with your jiu-jitsu friends, and I always find that the conversation with jiu-jitsu people is always free flowing, and you don't ever have to try because it's if you ever run out of things to say, it goes back to jiu-jitsu all the time. So, um, and just the best the best people you find on the mats, you know, everyone's everyone's awesome. The people who have the humility to to have jiu-jitsu as part of their lives, they they just great people that associate with jiu-jitsu. So the hangout really helps to kind of get off the mats and have some other conversations outside of jiu-jitsu, you know, and eat and drink together and have some fun. We do the higher hikes now that it's summertime. So, you know, that's us going out on a Sunday and meeting up and having some time off the mats and, you know, hanging out together. Um, and there's, you know, many, many aspects of higher that I think really help that culture most definitely. Does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. I, I was fascinated just by your perspective of sort of top down and I've, I've never really thought of it, you know, with, and especially in times of, of recent, you know, through, through COVID and people spending a lot more time online and, and studying on online and online jujitsu, online this, uh, you know, there's a Zoom class for pretty much everything. How do you feel that can impact? You know, if, if you are, if you've got sort of this top-down approach and you, you've experienced having this commune effect of just too many influences and too many perspectives, how do you feel that can actually impact your the way you teach and the way you go about things if you've got this structured, the syllabus or more like a philosophy that you sort of stand by? And, you know, people are plugging into different philosophies all around and checking things and picking up different techniques. Do you feel that complements or sometimes there's a bit of a clash or there needs a bit of a course direction uh, restructuring in the direction in that uh, i don't think it, it affects anything firstly i mentioned too that i think the knowledge is top down but also bottom up as well we do on fridays george we do um it's a lab friday 
So what lab is, is just we come in and I don't have an agenda for the day. Every other class that I come in, I know what I'm going to share there or thereabouts. You know, if the class goes a different route, you know, with maybe someone asks a question and it sends me on a, you know, on a, um, on a loop into, into answering that person's question. That's, that's rare though, you know, but lab Fridays is when people come in, it's like a basic Q and a, so the white belt can come in and say, Hey, I learned this on YouTube. What do you think? And I'll say, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, maybe you can think about this and this aspect as well. So it allows for a lot more open-minded learning. And that's why I started the commune because I wanted it to be a bit more open-minded and I didn't want to have like a super stringent focus on a syllabus. And I think a, like the syllabus that we have, it's evolving and it hasn't been stagnant, you know, and every time I teach the syllabus, every time we go through cycles of the syllabus, it's, it's a new me. It's a new, all of our coaches are always learning, you know, and we do our courses ourselves and we learn ourselves as well. So, you know, if we took, if the cross collar choke that I did yesterday would have been different, the diff, a different cross collar choke that we did three months ago, there would have been some many different details that, um, added to it, you know, and if the students, if they're concentrating, if they're like focused in on details, then they can see that the that the, the technique is always evolving because that's what it does. That's, that's what jiu-jitsu does. Jiu-jitsu doesn't stay the same. It's it's always a, a, an evolving martial art. And if you can see here, that's our, our logo. And you can see that see that that triangle. The triangle what we have is like it's one part of the triangle, second, the third part comes up and then it drops down. Um, and that, so it's not a closed triangle. It's a triangle that's the, the top is always open and it allows for new techniques to come in and maybe some techniques to be jettisoned if they're not effective anymore, you know. So I think our art is just a, an amazing one. And I think if we stay stagnant in the martial art, then just like in life, you know, if you stay stagnant, if you don't want to learn anymore, if you don't want to develop yourself, then very soon you'll find yourself um, like falling behind. And that's the same with, with our, with our jujitsu as well. So with that being said, George, you know, it's never been a problem. You know, we've got some very enthusiastic students that always do their homework and always go beyond our program, and I have no problems with that, as long as they're respectful to the class. So what I don't like to see is, like, if I'm teaching a cross-collar trick as I did last night, is to see two students doing something completely different because they want to. I don't think that's been a good student in that class. Then if you're going to come to the class, then focus there or thereabouts, you know, on what the class is. So if we're doing a cross collar choke and then you develop it into your omoplata or a triangle, that's kind of related to the cross collar. I have absolutely no problems with that. But, you know, if the whole class is doing guard and then you choose to do mounts because you're learning your own mount DVD and it's not an open mat, it's a scheduled class, then I almost feel like you don't really need to be in that class, you know. So it hasn't been a problem at all whatsoever. If anything, I... I like students um, just going elsewhere. It shows me that they're that they're keen to learn and that they're enthusiastic. If a white belt, I think sometimes, depending on on your experience level, if you start looking a little bit too far beyond the syllabus, I think it can have adverse effects on your learning. Um, so, for example, the way Phil, my teacher, puts it to me, he's like, when I studied marketing at Macquarie, I did all the all the core, all the subjects of the Macquarie Uni marketing degree, I did them at Macquarie. Whereas if I had done, you know, branding at Macquarie and, you know, consumer behavior at New South and then, you know, something else at Sydney Uni, then it, it really takes away from the, um, from the effectiveness of the whole program. 
So if you're a white belt at higher, I'd, I'd probably advise you to go onto the Pedro Sauer online. That's our online portal. And we have Master Sauer and all the black belts of the association that share technique on that portal. And it tends to be more focused on, on our way of doing things, on the mechanics that we, uh, that we do and the techniques that we have in the syllabus. And then I think, you know, as a blue belt and beyond, I think there's no problems whatsoever and you're looking elsewhere. And then bringing it back, bring it back to the crew, bring it back to the nest, you know, and share your, share your knowledge. Um, and then we all get better. Love it. So we have a mutual friend who was on the podcast on episode 101, Costa Prezulos. And, uh, what's that? Yeah. Mr. Costa. And, uh, hello, Costa. (laughs) And, uh, you seem to share a lot of similar philosophies. Is that due to your Greek heritage or is that something else that you just pay attention to? Hmm. I don't know. What, what philosophies do we share? Hey, Con's an awesome guy. He's a, you know, his values are on point, you know, and he's a, he's a guy who's by the book, you know, and he's respectful and he's honorable and, you know, he's a school owner as well. Um, and he's been in the game for a very long time. So it's kind of, I guess, a, uh, I'm happy that I share similar views as him. Uh, but what, what, what in particular? It's not something I can actually put my, you know, put a finger on. It's, it's just when I, when I speak to you and when I, when I speak to him, I can hear, I can hear congruencies in the, in the values, just the way you approach things. Very attention to detail, very in depth, very thought out. I mean, just a simple thing where I think most guys would go get a logo designed and you'd kind of just say to the graphic designer, well, just put something together and you'll just look at it and say, oh, well, yeah, that okay, that's good. Where you actually show a triangle where it's actually, there's a purpose behind it. That's a very fine detail, attention to detail level that most people just don't think of. And discussing your mission statement, the thought, and I think the real deep work that went into really thinking of, this is exactly what this is supposed to communicate by itself without you having to say it. There's a real in-depth attention to detail and values that that come from that i hope that did it justice but that there's there's just some similarities there in the way you guys communicate awesome yeah uh maybe it is um our greek backgrounds all right let me kind of give you a little something so aristotle the greek philosopher he he distinguished learning between like two two aspects of learning the ethos of something and then technique so the ethos of something is, you know, I'm probably going to botch it up for sure now, but um, just the overarching kind of idea behind it, you know, how can I say it? The, the philosophy behind it, perhaps, you know, and, and the way that you go about this particular like thing. Like the reason why? Have, let's say, yeah, that's definitely a part of it too, you know, and then you got the, the how, which is the, the technique, which is the ins and outs of doing things. And I think it's really important that we have an idea of both. So... Pai Jiu-Jitsu has an awesome syllabus, for sure, full of really beautiful techniques. But if those techniques are done in a way that's not congruent with people's intentions of being there, then they're just techniques. So, you know, what I'm trying to do here is kind of bring a beautiful ethos, a beautiful vibe, a beautiful feel to Hai Jiu-Jitsu. And then within that, kind of add, add the technical aspect as well. And I think... Having those two aligned helps to create the fireworks of, you know, a beautiful jiu-jitsu school. I don't know. Does that help a bit of, a bit of Greek philosophy in there? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally. You did it great. And 
I don't know Greek philosophy, so but yeah, for me that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Khan's really keen on his um, Greek philosophy. I think he dropped some some knowledge um, in your podcast as well. Khan's awesome. I you know I haven't gone to a school for a little bit, but you know I plan to go there again soon. It's just hard as a school owner. The night off that I have, you know, I'm I'm wanting to, to spend it with my kid and my wife because um, usually not home of a night time and you know Khan. Anyways, but yeah, Khan, I'll be I'll be coming to your school very soon again. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Hey. John, so good to catch up. Wanted to chat a bit. How are you going with your kid? How how's the new little man in the life affecting life? <laughs> uh, it's I tell you what, it, um, it's amazing. It's it's so beautiful, and you think you love something, and then and then a kid comes along, and it's like whoa! <laughs> Never felt this before. Like it's just a whole new realm that's that's opened yeah. up in my heart. You know, with this boy and. Every moment that I spend with him is just a gift. It's so beautiful. Yesterday he rolled. He was on his back and cool. we've been working on it a little bit. You know, and he, I've seen him. He's trying to turn here and there and he could never really succeed with it. But yesterday, just by himself, I had him on his belly, on his back. And then I was in the kitchen and I came back and he was on his tummy. I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And um, yeah, so having a kid is amazing. It presents a lot of challenges for sure with regards to running a school and maybe I, I guess you've touched on it, George, I'm pretty thorough with my work and I love my work and I, I want to put, I put my heart and soul into everything that I do and I want to put my heart and soul into being a dad and into being a husband and to being, you know, good to my family. And then I want to continue putting heart and soul into, into, into the school. And it's just a little bit hard logistically because when I'm at home, and I'm trying to do my writing because I, you know, I try to write every day. Try to write a thousand words a day so I can get my articles out, so I can keep the pages of podcasts going, and you know, getting the emails have to be written. No one's going to write them for me. So, you know, I'm trying to I'll be there in the morning, trying to write my emails, and I can see Roscoe, my, my son, just staring at me and smiling, maybe in the corner of my eye. And then it's I can't like it just it's so distracting, and I want to just sit there and cuddle him and play with him for the next five hours, you know, so, um, yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. Like it presents some challenges, but these are such beautiful challenges and I'm more than happy to kind of work through them and find a way. And I guess, you know, work with my wife and, um, it's teamwork. I think teamwork's really, really important. Um, touching on that, I was, I think teamwork is a, is a big one. And, um, yeah, I think, um, as school owners, I think we need to get some, we need help from other people. And I think a lot of the times I've fallen into the trap of trying to do everything by myself. Whereas now I'm, I guess I have no choice but to um, delegate, you know? And so I felt like there's some awesome students at high jiu-jitsu that have aspirations of their own school. So I'm bringing them in now and, you know, showing them the, the ways, the, the ways that I do things. Um, and then hopefully there's some certain tasks, you know, and things around high jiu-jitsu that I don't necessarily have to do. Um, and so that's how I'm slowly trying to delegate to, to other students. And then, you know, I can focus on the things that I do, you know, that I do well, that I do, um, that are unique for me, you know. And so writing those articles, I think, are, um, is an important one. I don't want to delegate that. I love doing that. Yeah. So it's just, it's just ongoing challenges. As you know, you're a dad. How, how do you find um, balancing work and family life? It's a, always a learning experience and being attentive. You know, uh, I mean, kids know only one currency and that's time. Um, they don't understand work. 
this, that. Well, where, where I live, which was a good idea right before we had kids, like this is a lounge converted into an office, which is great, but it has no door. Um, which, which means, yeah, my daughter will come and jump on the couch and I'm like, that's it gone. For me, it's, uh, I mean, the big discipline is early, early mornings, just getting a solid early routine in. I'm, I'm up between 4.30 and 5 and just knock out some hours of, of deep work, getting some creativity in. And if, if I can just set that momentum early, that just helps the tone for the rest of the day, then at least I've, I've set that momentum. And then, uh, yeah, once the kids are out the door and, you know, I have my, my space, then it's simpler. But, I mean, it's always, it's, it's always a juggle. It's, it's always a challenge. Then just really trying to be, you know, when I'm, when I'm attentive, to be attentive. The beauty of our life and probably the most, um, you know, the, the most disruptive in our lives as well, these mobile things, just really trying to put them aside. And when I'm attentive, I'm, I'm attentive. Yeah. That's, that's the thing because um, your attention, it's so important because, and it's hard to direct your attention and you can't be too, um, you can't pull your attention left and right all the time because I don't think it works like that. I think if you want to do deep work, as you said, I love that book, by the way, that's what you're referring yeah. to. Um, if you need that, then you need, I, I like having like time gaps, you know, so I like working in an hour, at least two hour blocks and really delving into the depths of, you know, the task or, you know, the job that I have at hand. Um, so it is difficult, but that's all right. We, we manage, we live on, like we, we, we continue and we, we do our best to kind of move forward with it and make it all a little bit better every day. Yeah, totally. Hey, John, been great chatting to you and good to catch up. I'm looking forward to getting on your mats again. Real quick, before we go, if people would like to learn a bit more from you, where can they go? Hey, 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 the High Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. That's where they can go. Can I plug it? Thanks, George. Of course you can. Um, so it's me and me and my student, Maddie, um, purple belt Maddie. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Maddie. We have the high jiu-jitsu podcast and I think we're about 28 episodes in and it's plenty of fun and it just kind of, it, I don't know. Um, the, the, the why on the podcast is an interesting one because sometimes it is for us just to come in and have a chat, but it's, uh, it's to help the everyday people on that journey of jiu-jitsu really. And we take all different dilemmas, like sometimes a student will ask me a little question in class and I'm like, Ooh, that, that'll make a nice podcast, you know, or if there are certain kind of themes or patterns of problem, you know, with that, I, that I can see, then that's our chance to, to, to open things up and, 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 you know, um, work on the ins and outs of, you know, how to approach the problem and what to do in order to get better. So the high YouTube podcast, Everybody, check it out. It's plenty of fun. It's, um, I think it's cool. Uh, Hiajitsu.com.au. If you're coming to Sydney, you're more than welcome. We're in Woolamaloo. We're right just on the outskirts of the city, which is actually really um, nice. Beautiful school at the PCYC city of Sydney. So if you're ever in Sydney, come in. Uh, more than welcome. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure to chat to you. Um, thanks for all the work you do with the um, Australian martial arts um, community. I think you're... Your work is making everyone better as well. So keep it up. It's awesome. Thank you, John. Much appreciated. And look forward to seeing you back on the mats. Yes, perfect. Thanks, George. Thanks, John. Speak soon. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a 
a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.